cough and then i can turn on the charm woo it's gonna be fucking great welcome to geek bites the ponzi scheme of podcasting i'm damon shaw with me as always is mr mike ortiz mike what are we fighting about well uh tonight we are talking about best war uh what is it good for so uh who are we fighting with tonight well uh today tonight whenever you're listening we've got Mr. Chris Mitchell. Never get out of the boat. Never get out of the boat. Uh, Mr. Pete Lucas. Hey, folks. Ms. Christy Woke. Hi. And Yussie Block. Shalom. So how do the fights maybe work, Mike? Well, uh, we've got 32 uh, war movies. Um, 
We will uh, put them in tournament style brackets, which you can download from our website at geekfights.net. Uh, we will each vote. It'll move on. Blah, blah, blah. You know, I really don't feel like doing this anymore. What's funny is you say, I really feel, don't feel like doing this anymore. Now it's three episodes in a row. But you've said almost the entire thing except for saying geek logic. So please say that. Geek logic. Thank you. All right. Let's start the fights. Mr. Ortiz, this one is yours. It is MASH versus, uh, what is this? Uh, Waltz with Bashir. Yeah, I, I'm not familiar with uh, Waltz with Bashir. Uh, I'm very familiar with MASH. Uh, I loved the movie. I thought it was uh, a uh, a very, very funny movie, a very dark movie, um, very different from the TV show, uh, a lot edgier, uh, I think a little bit more on the, the nose Vietnam. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's also a, a comedy, which is something you don't see as much with war. Uh, so I'm going to vote for MASH. I'll vote for MASH. Christy. This is really hard for me. Um, originally, I was like uh, looking at the list, and MASH is one of my favorite movies. Um, it's a Robert Altman movie. Love Robert Altman. Has Elliot Gould in it. I've professed my love of Elliot Gould several times on the show. But um, Waltz with Bashir is um, among the stuff on that we have on the brackets, unique. Um, it is an Israeli movie. And it's a documentary, and it's not rotoscoped. It's actually flash animation and digital paintings. Um, it's very interesting. Um, the director interviews a bunch of friends and other soldiers experienced um, during the first Lebanese war, I think. And uh, as he's doing this, he remembers his own experiences, which are awful also. It's really intense, and you should get around to watching it uh, for nothing else other than it's probably the most modern um, and close to anything that is happening now um, of anything else on the list. So based on its uniqueness, even though I love Robert Altman and Elliot Gould, I'm going to vote for Waltz with Bashir. Uh, vote for Waltz with Bashir. Yussie. Yeah, I, uh, I put Waltz with Bashir on the list. Uh, and, you know, I hope that uh, people would be somewhat familiar with it because it was uh, Oscar nominated and also for a lot of uh, other awards. Mm. I, it's for me, I think it has the most important thing for a war movie because war is inherently impersonal. It's not about people. It's about peoples, nations, empires. And, you know, so what does one life mean? Uh, and so, you know, there are different ways of approaching it. Uh, MASH is certainly a great movie, uh, but I, I think Waltz with Bashir is very powerful because of that animation style, which basically it has for, you know, the first 95% of the movie. And then at the very end, it like switches to real actual news footage. And it's it's really about the the director working through his inability to remember exactly what happened thirty years ago. So it's very personal for him. It's actually personal for me as well because I was you know the first time I came here was when I was four years old in the summer of eighty two, and 
it's you know right before the events uh, depicted in the, in this movie happen. So uh, I'm going to give it my vote. But even if it doesn't make it, I, I really hope people will check it out. Uh, another vote for Walt with Bashir. Uh, Chris? I, I do like what I've been hearing about Waltz with Bashir, and I do intend on checking it out. I'll put it on my, my list of things to watch. But I'm far more familiar with Mass, having watched it. Um, it's one of those things that it, it covers a lot of bases in that um, you, can, you can have period-set war movies that lose their luster with time, and you can have... Um, comedies that lose their luster with time. And Mass doesn't do that. You could put it on now and it still feels relevant and it's still funny and it's still dark. And because it covers all those bases, I will vote for Mash. Uh, vote for Mash. It is all tied up. It comes down to you, Pete. Which one is going to take the win? Oh, man. Uh, I hate the pressure. Oh, it's killing me. Um, actually, uh, I had actually thought that my knowledge of war movies was uh, was pretty good until I saw some of the uh, pieces that uh, people put on this list. I was like, wow, wait a minute. I hadn't heard of that one. That was a new one to me. Uh, Waltz with Bashir was unfortunately one of those that uh, I was not familiar with. Um, and having be, being much more familiar with MASH and uh, having enjoyed that one all the way through, I got to give it to MASH. Uh, vote for MASH and MASH is moving on into the next round. We might be on to the next fight. Uh, we're waiting to get uh, uh, Yussi back from Jerusalem. Uh, but we actually will move on to the next fight because, oh, no, he's he's off at the moment. But uh, Christy, this one is yours. It is Grand Illusion uh, by Renoir versus Three Kings by that one guy. David O. Russell that guy um okay so three kings is awesome it's one of the first dvds i ever had (laughs) um spike jones is great in it it's it's hilarious it's heartfelt it's great but uh grand illusion is a classic war film um it's about two french soldiers um one's kind of a aristocratic dude and the other is just like a mechanic Jean Gobin who is awesome and at the time he was like the most popular um, actor in France Um, they're captured and taken to a German POW camp and they attempt to escape several times and are finally taken to this seemingly impenetrable castle and um, they what they're really trying to do is get to Switzerland so the Germans can or uh, can no longer get to them because seriously, if you if you cross over the snow into Switzerland, they cannot fire at you. But um, it really deals with friendship and class, and um, it's it's a pacifist film. Um, there's no combat actually shown in it, and um, it's about humanity and how nationality and classism and racism it doesn't matter we're all the same thing this is all happening and this was put out in 1937 so this is like ramping up um to world war ii during you know crazy um radical nationalism um building in europe but anyway it should go through that's it i'm done a vote for grand illusion uh yussi well, I um, this is a, a tough one for me, actually, because 
you know, a, a grand illusion uh, from everything, uh, you know, I, I've learned about it since, it, you know, I hadn't heard about it before I got uh, put in the brackets. Uh, it seems very intriguing and certainly very relevant and of its time. But I really love uh, Three Kings. And, and the thing is, we don't have anything in the bracket, unless I'm wrong, from, you know, recent American wars, you know, from Iraq, from Afghanistan. And, of course, Three Kings is from the, you know, Desert Storm, from uh, the Persian Gulf War. But I think that a lot of what it says is still relevant. And while Grand Illusion was, you know, very important at that time, it's something which I think even a decade or two later seemed very uh, anachronistic. You know, like we, we, you know, we, we, we moved past through, uh, you know, past that class structure. And so I'm going to go with Three Kings. Uh, vote for Three Kings, Chris. I'll agree with what Yossi just said. I, I'm very interested in uh, in in Grand Illusion. I, I'll, I'll see if I can check it out. But uh, but Three Kings is it's one of those movies that uh, it, it's its comedy element it really makes it stand out very well. And um, knowing a little bit, well, reading up a little bit about the history of it, it's a surprise that it ever got made because the director and George Clooney absolutely hated each other throughout the whole shoot. Um, surprising, surprising that it made, got made and, and very surprising that it's as good as it is so I'll, I'll put my vote for Three Kings Pete um, <clears throat> some good movies on this list um, I have to go with um, Grand Illusion, granted it, it did seem uh, anachronistic about anachronistic about uh, 10 years after but I think the uh, the lessons and the ideas are timeless so I have to give it to Grand Illusion. It is all tied up. It comes down to you, Mike. Which one is moving on through? This uh th- this this is one one of those ones that kind of sucks because ultimately it comes down to uh like a, an objective versus subjective sort of thing. Um I I have not seen Grand Illusion. I'm familiar with it. I, I actually do know uh quite a bit about it and, and know of its high regard and know that it is objectively the better of the two movies. Uh, but subjectively I haven't seen it and I have seen three Kings and I enjoyed it a great deal. And I do like the idea that it is a, uh, a modern uh, war movie. I mean, I was actually kind of uh, surprised hurt locker didn't make it on here since that's uh, the, the kind of most significant American conflict uh, at the moment. Um, so uh, I'm going to vote for Three Kings because uh, I just I happen to enjoy the movie better. And Three Kings is moving on to the next round. We are on to our next fight. Yes, see, this one is yours. And it's the Dirty Dozen versus Apocalypse Now. You know, sometimes you get these first round fights, which could almost be the, the final four or the final fight. And this, I think, is, is one of those. These are two iconic movies which is probably true of a lot on the list. But, you know, when, when you think of... Thank you. Sorry. When you think of a war movie, uh, you know, it's probably in the top uh, five or ten, uh, both of these. Um, the Dirty Dozen is, is a great uh, action movie and, and a great war movie, but Apocalypse Now is just something beyond. I have to be honest, I was pretty late 
uh, coming to it. So the first time I saw it, I saw Redux. Uh, and I actually, you know, I liked all that stuff they added. I liked the stuff at the, you know, uh, French uh, plantation. Uh, that, that that actually added to it. It's just this this dreamlike quality. You know, there's there's certainly a lot of terror in war, but there's also, you know, these bizarre moments where, you know, life seems to be, um, you know, you, you just seem to be in a different world, in a dream. And so I, I, uh, I know there's some, of a, some backlash to it now, but I think Apocalypse Now is still, you know, still deserving to definitely uh, go on to the next round. Apocalypse Now! Chris? I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Uh, another vote for Apocalypse Now. Pete? Um, I liked Apocalypse Now. I enjoyed it. I was, I was the other one that was late coming to it. I saw it sometime, I think, in the uh, early 90s when they were showing it at the State Theater downtown when they were doing movie night. And... Uh, it was uh, chilling. It was it was stunning. Uh, I and I kind of thought to myself, why did I put off seeing this movie for so long? Uh, that being said, the Dirty Dozen is one of my favorite movies of all time, um, and I've watched that one many times, and I always enjoy it. Telly Savalas is the psychopath. Um, it just it just. I, I absolutely love that one. I do not know why, but I love that one. So I am voting for the Dirty Dozen. Who loves you, babe? Uh, Mike? Yeah, this, uh, this actually uh, is, is going to be one of the toughest ones of the night um, because I do also uh, love the Dirty Dozen, and it's a great example of, you know, maybe war can be fun. I don't know. Uh, but just, you know, this this type of story... Uh, has been told so many times in so many different situations, even outside of war. Uh, and they do a great job of it here. But like I've, I've mentioned many times, Apocalypse Now is really one of my all-time favorite movies. Uh, it is my favorite war movie. Uh, if I were to just pick one right now, this would go all the way for me. Um, so I guess uh, you know I'm going to be voting in this particular bracket for the rest of the night, uh, at least for a while. Um, so yeah, it's Apocalypse Now. A vote for Apocalypse Now. Uh, Christy. Dirty Dozen is fun, um, but it's not really, a, I feel like it's not really about war. And I guess this is just so I have something to say for this one particular fight. <laughs> um, Apocalypse Now is, it, it represents war and all of its craziness and it's super psychological. I mean, it's basically Heart of Darkness, which is one of my favorite books. Um, I'm, I'm going to vote for it now and not talk about it for a million years. Apocalypse Now is moving on. We're on to our next fight. Chris, it's yours. It is War Horse, about a British horse. That horse is British. Versus uh, Fire on the Plane uh, from uh, Ichikawa, 1959. Not only is the horse British, it's a Devonshire horse, and 
most of the external fit, well, lots of the, the filming for Warhorse was done in and around where I live. And because I live in the ass end of nowhere, it would be remiss of me not to uh, give it a nod just for that point. So, Warhorse. A uh, vote for Warhorse. Pete. This was uh, actually uh, not too difficult for me. Unfortunately, my uh, my uh, my viewing of uh, Japanese uh, war movies is is sorely lacking, and uh, I thank Christy for uh, putting these uh, on the list because uh, now I have something to look for. Um, that being said, um, I, I thought Warhorse was very touching, so Warhorse gets my vote. Horse is tasty. Uh, Mike. I have seen neither of these. Um, Warhorse is a Spielberg movie, but I still have not seen it. Uh, so I will vote for what's the other one? Fires on, Fires the, on plane. the plane. I will vote for that because uh, that way someone other than Christy will vote for it. <laughs> Christy? <laughs> All right. Um, Geek so, spite. Uh, That's no, not spite. It's not spite yet. <laughs> Uh, well, see, you could say spite and vote for Warhorse because I hated on Spielberg last time we did something like this. Um, I haven't seen Warhorse either. Um, sorry. Um, I'll go on a little bit about Fires on the Plane just so you know what it is because I don't think anyone else has seen it. Um, it's from 1959. It takes place at the very, very end of World War II and what's left of the Japanese army on an island in the Philippines is left is abandoned by their command and are left there to starve. So the movie is following a couple of these guys and you see their deterioration and people are going crazy and murdering each other for scraps of food or just because um, there's an awful scene where um, a man walks up upon another who's sitting up against a tree and he's eating something and he gets up close and he's eating his own entrails. It's awful and absolutely true. It's based on a book. Um, it's just awful. And I'm going to assume that this isn't going on. So check out Fires on the Plane by Ichikawa. He also has another movie that's absolutely beautiful, um, about World War II, um, called The Burmese Harp. So check out both of them. It is all tied up. It comes down to the person who lives in Jerusalem. So he might have way more class than us Americans. Yussi. Uh, which one is going to take the win? Well, here's the thing. I respect Spielberg as a, uh, you know, an amazing, uh, technical director, you know, the way he, he, you know, can, can manage all of these, uh, moving parts. He does a great job, but this is one of my pet peeves about, war movies and you know other uh, media dealing with war the idea that if this animal survives then all the millions of people who died eh. and not only that it's not only animals versus humans it's like the other horse dies but this guy's horse the main character's horse he survives so world war one was not so bad it, it it just bothers me, especially when it's going up against a movie like this, Fires on the Plane, which is about the most 
depraved that humans can be. They turn into animals. They eat other humans. They are eaten by humans. It's really, you know, if you want to go down that route of how far uh, can, can war push a man uh, or a woman, but usually a man, and in this case it is, uh, that's, that is exactly what's, what's uh, explored. So uh, I'm going fires on the plane. And fires on the plane is moving on, and uh, the horse is the main character, not that limey. Yeah, that's right. I said limey, Chris. What are you going to do about it? Shut your face. <laughs> no, the horse is the main story <laughs> and main, main character of War Horse. We eat horses. Uh, that's the French. <laughs> no, no. We, we don't want to eat horse, but we do eat horse. I know. I'm sure we're eating a lot of horse, too. I love horse. It's tasty. Um, we're on to our next fight. Pete, this that's one is That's why you're yours. a brony. A brony? Oh. Because <laughs> I like eating pony. Cock. Pete, this one is yours. It is the great escape versus glory. Oh, man, this for me, one, this was really hard because I love both these movies. You have uh, two very different movies, one about the uh, Revolutionary War and one about uh, World War II. Um, some great acting in both films. Um, the thing I didn't like about uh, The Great Escape is, uh, from my understanding, uh, it was based on a true story, and uh, the true story was even more astounding than uh, what the movie made it out to be. Um, there, was, there was more people that had actually escaped and stayed escaped um, than, they, than they kind of show in the movie. Um, wow. Um, I got to go with the older one this, in this one, so I'm going to go with The Great Escape. I got to show some love to the classics. And uh, Glory is the Civil War. The Civil mm. War. Uh, yes, but, my bad. Sorry. A vote for The Great <laughs> Escape. Mike? Uh, I will vote for... I didn't wake up till two. I'm sorry. For uh, Glory, because I don't believe I've seen The Great Escape. Easy as that. Uh, Christy? I haven't seen Glory, and also I'm from Georgia, and we don't like to be reminded about the Civil War, I hear. So I'm going to vote for The Great Escape as well. <laughs> vote for The Great Escape. Uh, Yussi? I uh, have to note that my father is still a huge uh, Steve McQueen fan, and The Great Escape is a fantastic movie, but I think WW2 might actually be at a disadvantage because there are so many movies representing it on this list. A Glory is the only Civil War movie, and you know they're both based on real-life stories. And just... You know, for me, yeah, obviously when, when Glory came out, I was young. It made a big impression. There were so, I mean, that's, um, let's see, Morgan Freeman had in that year Driving Miss Daisy and Glory, and suddenly, you know, there was this huge powerhouse on, on the, you know, the, the scene. I'm going to give it to Glory. Uh, vote for Glory. Denzel won his first Academy Award for that movie. He won Best Supporting Actor glory uh, yeah but we we already knew him from saying elsewhere i'm just saying uh there, there's a lot of people in that damn movie it is yes. all tied up it comes down to you chris which one is going to take the win this is this is difficult because i i had 
limited amount of time to brush up on the movies that were on the list. And Glory is one of the movies that I watched and I did really enjoy it. But it's up against The Great Escape, which is way back in the mists of time. I don't know if, if all the children listening will be able to uh, remember this, but way back in the mists of time, you, you only had like maybe four or five channels. And at Christmas time, those four or five channels, well, in Britain anyway, would show, would show movies. And it would be the same movies every year. It would be uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark and E.T. And The Great Escape used to be on every year. And every year, you used to sit down and watch This Great Escape with the family at Christmas time and love every second of it. I don't know why it was on at Christmas. God knows. But we used to sit down and watch it and really enjoy it. So purely for nostalgia, Glory is a great movie. I really enjoyed watching it. But purely for the nostalgia value, I will go for The Great Escape. And The Great Escape is moving on. We're on to our next fight. Mike, this one is yours. It is the Chevy Chase, what Dan Aykroyd classic, Spies Like Us. Versus Master and Commander. Uh, I will vote for Spies Like Us. Yeah, okay. Uh, Christy? I'm so sorry, dudes, but I haven't seen either of these. Um, I know Spies Spies Like Us is a comedy. It's about the Cold War, I guess. But there's another Cold War movie on here, I think. So I'm going to vote for the Napoleonic Wars and give Master and Commander a vote. Uh, vote for Master and Commander! Uh, Yassi? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to get a little technical here. Spies Like Us, a great comedy, a great 80s movie, a great spy movie, not really a war movie, I, I would argue. And Master and Commander, actually the full title of is uh, Master and Commander, The Far Side of the World. And those Napoleonic Wars were really, you could argue, the first true world war because they were fighting all over the world on land, but even more so on the high seas. And uh, it's not only the only you know, Napoleonic Wars uh, entry, but it's also really the only one which is a naval War. It, I mean, it really gives you a sense of what it's like when your whole world is this tiny wooden ship with sails. And, you know, you might run into no one. You might run into uh, a ship which uh, outmatches you. And then, you know, cannonballs are going to start to fly. It's a great movie. So I'm going with Master and Commander. Uh, vote for Master and Commander. Uh Spies like us, and uh, actually the Cold War was fought with nothing but spies and, well, terrorists, but spies. So, fuck you, goddammit. Um, Chris? I like Spies Like Us. It's one of, it's one of those uh, 80s comedies that, that stands the test of time, and you can watch it now, and it's really funny. But when I sat down to watch Master and Commander, I thought, hey, here we go, it's another silly Russell Crowe costume drama that's going to be all style and no substance, and I'm going to watch it, and I'm not going to enjoy myself, and it's going to be crap. And I was so wrong. It is an absolutely enthralling watch. It's um, a, I don't know whether it's as whether it gets the uh, the praise that it deserves because it really is a, a quality movie um, that you that I don't I don't think they make enough of these sort of Napoleonic era war movies um, anymore, and I think that it deserves to go through Master and Commander. Uh, vote for Master and Commander and Mr. Lucas. Um, 
Wow. After hearing uh, you guys talk about Spies Like Us, I think I need to uh, revisit that one. I remember uh, watching it uh, one time and thinking, wow, this is really dismal. Did not make me laugh once. Um, Maybe I was just in a bad mood that time. Um, But uh, because uh, I haven't watched it again, and I still have my uh, initial hatred from sitting through it going, wow, this is dismal, I got to go with Master and Commander. Uh, vote for Master and Commander. You probably like that other uh, Dan Aykroyd and uh, Chevy Chase movie where Dan Aykroyd directs. What the hell is the name of that one? It's fucking horrible. He's got the penis nose. Uh, I hate that movie. Uh, we are on Which movie? You, it's a, a movie that he directs. Uh, Demi Moore is in it. Uh, they end up in a small town. John Candy. They end up in a small town. The judge is all crazy, and they try and eat them. It's weird. Uh, on to our next fight. Christy, this one is yours. It is 300 with their manly rippling chest versus El Cid. El Cid. Um, I think this is kind of funny because 300 I have not seen, but it's like portrayed in, the I guess, the film... I don't really know. I'm sort of making this up as like this epic thing. Uh, the epic movie made from a small fight, I guess. Uh, whereas El Cid is actually a legend in Spain. So, I mean, super legendary dude uh, with there's just myth and lore about him. So uh, I don't really think, I think it's sad that 300 went up against like a Charlton Heston Sophia Loren movie. Um, I'm going to vote for El Cid. Uh, vote for El Cid. Yussi. This is a fantastic uh, matchup because these are the two oldest wars, uh, you know, on, on our list, right? 300 from, you know, almost 2,500 years ago and El Cid from almost a thousand years ago. Um, but I, I think when we look at them, it, it's more than that. It's also like new Hollywood versus old Hollywood. 300 is all about, you know, the technical artistry and, and using all the tricks that we now have. And El Cid was like just at the tail end of, of old Hollywood where it was like, yeah, you get 7,000 extras, you take them to Spain, and you tell this this story which, you know could have been used for Game of Thrones. It's, you know, the old gods versus the new gods. It's Muslims versus Christians, but it's also people making all sort of, uh, sorts of alliances within them. And, you know, it's a, you know, a great empire of Spain, but really it's all these little kingdoms and principalities and, you know, they're fighting each other. It's, uh, it's a great story. And I'm going to give it my vote, El Cid. A vote for El Cid. You know, I'm actually uh, disappointed that we didn't put on uh, quite a few movies that I thought of for two seconds and they just left my head. I'll, I'll, I'll mention them again later in this fashion where I didn't actually say anything. Uh, Chris? I haven't seen El Cid in, in a very long time. I barely remember uh, any of the plot, any of the scenes or anything like that. But have it, I've watched 300 more recently and after a while of watching it, 
because it has that entirely green screen effect going on, it ended up looking like an episode of South Park to me. You had paper backgrounds and people jumping around in front of it, and I, I found it difficult to watch. So I will vote for my very vague memories of El Cid. El Cid. Pete. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I got to throw my throw some love out to my peeps and go with the 300, even though... I, I'm sure uh, Chris's uh, comments are very valid, and uh, I haven't tried watching on an HD TV, and I'm sure I'd be very disappointed in it. Uh, vote for 300. Lawrence of Arabia was what I was thinking of. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Damon, was that uh, movie you were talking about? Nothing but trouble. Nothing but trouble. Yes, yes. Couldn't stand that one either. Oh, it's a garbage. It's a garbage fest. Uh, Mike, <laughs> uh, I am going to vote for 300. Uh, it's Frank Miller. It's Zack Snyder. Um, I actually like the, the look I, I have not, I saw it in the theater a couple of times. Um, but, uh, this was like on the, on the heels of sin city where, when there was this attempt to really literally bring, uh, the panels of a comic book to life. And I, and I think they did. And it's a, it's an interesting battle. Um, it, the, this story has been told uh, before by uh, an older movie. I can't remember the name of it. 300 Spartans or something 300 like that. 300 Spartans. Um, and, uh, but this was a very stylish, very interesting movie. I've not watched it like on HDTV. I don't know how it would hold up, but there is actually a very, very nice Blu-ray. And most of Zack Snyder's stuff really looks great uh, if, if you've got a, a Blu-ray of it. Uh, plus, Zack Snyder uh, directed the, uh, the uh, Man of Steel movie, which... Uh, has just opened by the time you uh you listen to this um so yeah i'll give it to 300 uh vote for 300 but el seed is moving on we're on to our next fight it's first unknown fight of the afternoon uh yes see this one is yours it is bridge over the river kwai versus a movie that has been mentioned earlier mike said it like why isn't it on the list because jared loves ladies and ladies put Hurt Locker out there. It's Catherine Bigelow's Hurt Locker. So, Yussie, that one is yours. Oh, wow. That, that is uh, not an easy battle. Uh, I think that uh, the Hurt Locker is, you know, certainly a, a remarkable movie. And it's, um, it, it, it's uh, gathered a lot of acclaim. Uh, over over the few years since it came out, I just I just don't know if it will retain that. And I got to give some credit to Bridge on the River Kwai, which is just it has stood the test of time. It's it's still as good. It's still as meaningful. You know that question of you know what 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 does it mean in wartime? To uh, you know, to, to, to maintain your honor, uh, you know, a lot of the tensions of you know between enemies and between officers and enlisted and you know uh, d- different methods of fighting. I I think that uh, you know it's stood the test of time already. So bridge on the river Kwai. Uh, vote for bridge on the river Kwai, Chris. I, I agree with what Yossi just said. A bridge on the River Kwai does stand the test of time. It is, uh, it is watchable, um, even now. Um, but there's something about the, the, 
the look of of Hurt Locker, which which is so very engaging. I I watched it obviously after it after it won the Oscars and and got all the acclaim that it had got, and I watched it in a very skeptical way, thinking, I, I you know. I, I don't know whether this is going to work and it did. It really did work. It's got some great performances in it. Um, and I'll vote for it. I don't, I, I think it, I, if I, if I was to pick one to watch right now, it would be the hurt locker. So that one. I'll vote for the hurt locker. Pete. <clears throat> wow. Okay. You have, uh, this actually isn't really much of a competition for me because, uh, Bridge on the River Kwai is another one of my favorite uh, movies. You have uh, the great David Lean directing, William Holden and Alec Guinness and Sesu Hayakawa at their finest. Um, And I actually got a promotional slide viewer from the release of the movie at auction recently. uh, That's the Bridge on the River Kwai uh, 35mm precision slide viewer that lights up and it's got four four frames from the movie. It was a very hard promo, not easy to find. So I would have to give it to uh, Bridge on the River Kwai. Mike? Uh, for me, it's going to break down like this. Uh, Bridge on the River Kwai starred Alec Guinness, who is Obi-Wan Kenobi. Hurt Locker, Jeremy Renner, who was Hawkeye. Obi-Wan Kenobi would beat Hawkeye in a fight. Bridge on the River Kwai. Uh, vote for Bridge on the River Kwai and Christy. <laughs> um. This is really hard, Jared. So do not feel defeated that Hurt Locker is not moving on. I would have voted for a Bridge on the River Choir too. I'm a huge David Lean fan. Um, I've been watching Bridge, the Bridge on the River Choir since I was a kid, like a million times. Um, and it gave us the Colonel Boogie March. So uh, that being said, I guess... I guess it's it's going to move on. Yeah. Another vote for the bridge on the river Kwai. We should have done something about the uh, war on drugs too. Damn. <laughs> what? Could I knew you would say that. I knew you would say traffic, right? Oh uh, no, not traffic. Yeah, I was oh, trying like, to think what kind of metaphorical wars could we do. Yeah. I thought somebody was going to put Star Wars on. I almost well, put that on. <laughs> a bit. Uh, but uh, we are on to our next fight, uh, Chris. This one is yours. It is rescued on uh, from Mr. Herzog, Werner Herzog versus Manchurian Candidate. I don't know which version, though. I'm going to go with the older version, personally. Uh, the newer one is not as good. Go ahead, Chris. I like both of these movies. Um, the uh, Rescue Dawn is one of the movies that I managed to watch. I watched it yesterday. It's fresh in my mind. It's really well directed, really well acted. Um, Mancurian Candidate, the remake doesn't do it justice, you're quite right. Um, it still holds up on its own. It's re- it's actually really hard to pick these two. Um, I'll, I'll go with Rescue Dawn because I, I really did enjoy watching it yesterday. Uh, vote for Rescue Dawn. Pete? Um, yeah, I, I have to go with Mancurian Candidate. Um, just because. Just because you're an old guy. All right, Mike. That's part of it. Um, I, I love The Manchurian Candidate, and I put it on this list, and I think it is a great example of a Cold War movie. Um, but I'm going to vote for Rescue Dawn. Um, 
it, it is also a great movie, a little bit more traditional, uh, a war movie. Uh, and also what's very interesting is it is based on a documentary that Herzog himself had done years earlier called little Dieter needs to fly. Uh, so that's kind of an interesting way for one person, one creator to kind of approach the same story uh, cinematically, but from two very, very different ends. Uh, plus it's got Christian Bale uh, doing a great performance and reminding us that Christopher Nolan gave him absolutely nothing to do in the Batman movies to showcase his talent. Um, but even though I still love those movies, but you want to see him as a, as a really good actor. This is a great example of it. So uh, as much as I love Manchurian Candidate, um, I'm going to vote for Rescue Dawn. Uh, vote for Rescued On. Christy. I also agree that the original Manchurian Candidate is amazing. It's a conspiracy theorist's dream. Um, and also supposedly based on true events. Uh, not that specific story, but just that um, uh, like the Russians would capture um, soldiers during the Korean War. And um, in this case take them into communist China and brainwash them um, and send them back to the United States to assassinate people or wherever. But um, Rescue Dawn, oh, so good. Um, I generally don't like newer movies. Um, just I just don't like the look of them. Um, but seriously, Jeremy Davies and Steve Zahn's acting in this movie is the finest acting I have seen in any film ever. Um, gosh. And then the end of this, uh, like the um, penultimate scene before the end um, where uh, something happens to Steve Zahn. I don't want to give it away if you haven't seen it because it's truly, I almost had to leave the theater. I was so upset. Like I was, it's not like devastated, but just like, you're so shocked that this happens. And, and it's the perfect, the perfect um, representation of war. It's it's not, you know, to be romanticized. It's hard and gritty and awful and it, it's shocking. And um, you know, the whole movie. It's not pretty. It, the whole movie isn't like a day at the spa or something. But at that moment, um, you remember that everything is horrible. <laughs> um, and I'm glad it seems to be moving forward. That's right. Another vote for Rescue Dawn and Yossi. Well, I, I'll say definitely Manchurian Candidate is a legitimate war movie because it's not just about the Cold War. It's about heroism or alleged heroism in the Korean War. That being said, Rescue Dawn is about real heroism, a fictionalized version of something that really happened. But it's amazing and definitely deserves to go on. And Rescue Dawn is moving on. We're on to our next fight. Uh, Pete, this one is yours. And I will admit something. Uh, during the randomization of the bracket, something happened. Uh, this movie, Full Metal Jacket, which is up against Patton now, actually fell, fell right in with Apocalypse Now. And I was like, I can't, I can't do that in round one. Uh, I thought you were going to say Paths of Glory, and then it would be two Kubrick films up against each other. No, no, no. It was Apocalypse Now, which I truly believe they are two front runners in this uh, fight. But, uh, Pete, this one is yours. It is Full Metal Jacket versus Patton. 
Wow. Um, this stinks because uh, I think I uh, put Full Metal Jacket on there. Um, but, jeez. Um, George C. Scott is Patton. Wow. I think I got to give the edge to Patton. I, I think I found it to be uh, be a, uh, a more enjoyable movie, at least for me anyway. So, uh, Patton. Uh, vote for Patton. Mike. This this is is very tough for me too. Um in every legitimate logical way shape and form it I think it should be full metal jacket but as I've said before when uh, I don't remember where uh where we talked about Patton before on the show uh, I've got this weird kind of uh thing for it. I mean I, it's always just been this weird favorite of mine I don't really know why I can't isolate any reason. I've just always dug that movie. Uh, maybe it is just George C. Scott. Maybe it is just the character he plays is such a, an interesting character to watch on screen. Um, even though I know Full Metal Jacket is probably a better movie, and I could I could probably be swayed. Maybe maybe somebody can remind me of some of the things in the movie that that are awesome. Even though I'm thinking of them now, but I'll I'll stick with Patton for the moment. Christy. Um. I will vote for Full Metal Jacket because it has no votes. Not because it is a fabulous movie that is split into two different genres, comedy and a terrible war movie. But uh, all right. Yes. Yes. And I like one half of it. And it's not my favorite Kubrick film. Um, And it was filmed entirely in England. Ooh, England. Yussie. I thought you were going to say that it came out in the brackets as being against Platoon. And in fact, my mind keeps wanting to read it that way because, of course, they, they came out one year after another and uh, I was too young to watch them when they first came out. But they're, they're certainly associated in my mind. But Patton, it's, it's just iconic. It is. It's got my vote. A vote for Patton. Chris? Patton, Patton is, is an iconic movie um it's it there's you see the two very disparate views on war Patton is more um following a hero to the glory that awaits him at the end whereas full metal jacket is there are no heroes there is no glory there is nothing that comes out of war other than madness and lunacy i prefer that in a war movie i prefer having that sort of the the edge um the the acting by Arlie Ermey in the boot camp scenes is absolutely fantastic. It's endlessly quotable Full Metal Jacket. It gets my vote. A uh, vote for Full Metal Jacket. But it looks I'll like I'll change my vote. It looks <laughs> like it's gotta be Full Metal Jacket. <laughs> it looks like Full Metal That's the only reason I didn't write down Patton already. Full Metal Jacket is moving on. We're on to our next fight. Mike, this one is yours. It is Saving Private Ryan versus To Be or Not To Be. Uh, I can't pronounce that name. Sorry, Christy. Uh, Lubitsch. 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 From 1942. Uh, I will vote for uh, Saving Private Ryan. Uh, I have not seen the other one, first of all. Uh, we had one Spielberg movie uh, go out here, but this this is really the Spielberg war movie. Um, you know, it's got that uh, the, the opening scene that uh, is iconic. Uh, and 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 very kind of powerful and well made and uh, and the, yeah I mean this is Spielberg 
uh, as a technical director at his best. Plus, he's got a great cast. Um, and uh, it's a very traditional story. I mean, it is very much a Spielberg war movie, which I think is kind of an interesting thing to watch. So, uh, so yeah, Saving Private Ryan. I wonder why should, nobody put Schindler's List on. That's a war movie, too, technically. Uh, vote for Saving Private Ryan. Christy. All right. It has been said before that I'm not really into Spielberg. Um, I think the opening sequence is great. I think it's a terrible film. <laughs> I think it's effective dribble. Um, I'm sorry. Um, to be or not to be, for those of you who are not familiar with it, it was remade later um, with Mel Brooks, but I'm, I'm specifically talking about the original from 1942. Um, it's a classic comedy, um, considered to be Lubitsch's best. It's about an acting troupe in Nazi-occupied Warsaw who use their um, disguises and acting to fool the occupying troops. Um, um, let me think, let me think. Um, at the time, audiences hated it because this was in 1942. It, people were, like, appalled at poking fun at such a real threat. Um, the acting in is in it is amazing. Um, I don't know what else to say. Um, you should vote for it, and then I can tell you more about it in the second round. Uh, vote for to be or not to be. Yesy. You know, when my wife saw the brackets, she said, "Why are you bothering to fight? Saving Private Ryan is going to win." And uh, she may be right; uh, she usually is, but. For me, I was really swayed by uh, to be or not to be. You know, it's one thing to make fun of Hitler a decade before the war, the way Chaplin did, or, you know, Mel Brooks two decades after. But Lubitsch is, he's making this movie right in the thick of it. War has been waging in, uh, raging in Europe for two years. Uh, by the time the movie comes out, it's after Pearl Harbor, and the U.S. is officially in the war. But, you know, there are a lot of people who say that's the Jews' war. We're not interested in it. And Lubitsch is from Berlin. And the idea of he's going to make this movie, uh, you know, mocking Hitler, and as Christie said, he got a, caught a lot of hell for it. And Jack Benny's own father, Jack Benny's the star, uh, you know, his, his father said, you know, I refuse to see it. You know, you, you know, this this is, uh, uh, you know, offensive that you're, you know, making a, a comedy about this evil dictator. And then, you know, he was able to convince him and, and you know, he ended up loving the movie. And that takes a lot of guts. And Saving Private Ryan, it's a good movie. It's an effective movie. But. Really, you know, considering all of the hoopla around the 50th anniversaries of, of, of uh, Pearl Harbor and D-Day and, you know, all of the, the major events that were happening in the, in the 90s, the idea that Spielberg then came and said, oh, I'll, I'll make a movie in which we find out that World War II was a time of amazing heroes from the greatest generation, it doesn't show that same kind of bravery. So, to be or not to be. That is the question. Uh, Chris? I, I think uh, I, I agree with what's been said about To Be or Not To Be. I, I watched it yesterday as, along with a couple of other things. And it is a very brave movie. It's a very brave movie made uh, at a time when you wouldn't expect it to be made. Uh, it's very well done. But it is, 
it's still a 1942 comedy, and I I didn't I although I I watched it and I I could pick certain bits out of it that I thought were amusing, and I I enjoyed the plot and stuff like that. There's something about Save it, Saving Private Ryan. It, it, it is smaltzy pap from from uh, Spielberg. It is. He does go to his lowest common denominator when it comes to pulling the heartstrings and stuff like that, but he does it so well, and I don't think it's fair to penalise him for um, for tugging on the heartstrings. So I will vote for Saving Private Ryan. A vote for Saving Private Ryan. It is all tied up. It comes down to you there, Pete. Which one takes the win? Oh, wow. It's all tied up? Huh. Gee. Well, <clears throat> Saving Private Ryan, I think, is is the better filmed movie. It's more polished. Obviously got a bigger budget being made uh, 50 years after to be or not to be. Uh, that being said, um, uh, this was this was one I did just see recently. I, I just recently watched To Be or Not to Be, and I did. I actually thought this, the the uh, the remake with Mel Brooks was uh, was funnier, um, because I found Mel Brooks to be more believable as a Shakespearean actor than Jack Benny. Uh, that being said, uh, the scene in the Commandant's office uh, with Sig Ruman uh, in To Be or Not to Be is absolutely hysterical. And I love Sig Ruman. It's like every movie he's in, he's only in it for five or 10 minutes, but you know, he's there. Uh, the whole, they call me concentration camp Earhart scene just kills me. <laughs> so, uh, I have to give it to, to be or not to be. Well, I guess, uh, <laughs> saving Brian, Ryan's privates did not earn this. It didn't earn it. God damn it. Matt Damon, you didn't earn it. And uh, to be or not to be is moving on. We're on to our next fight. Chrissy, this one is yours. It is Paths of Glory by Kubrick versus the Big Red One. Um, Big Red One is not my favorite um, Samuel Fuller movie. Paths of Glory is Kubrick's first masterpiece. It's Kirk Douglas's best movie. Um, oh, it's so good. Um, let me think. I mean, it's basically well, it's an anti-war film, of course. Um, hardly any of these. It's, it's, I, I don't know. Hardly any of these are glorifying war, if any. I don't know. Um, but uh, starring Kirk Douglas, um, he refuses to continue this. Oh, this is French army, so they're Frenchies. If that bothers anybody, I'm sorry. Um, but he def he uh, uh, refuses to um, take his soldiers into this uh, um, suicidal situation, and um, lots of um, cowardice and backstabbing are, are uh, incurred by higher ups. And um, the, it's it's there's this big to do, and to put everything. Right, they decide. Well, we'll court-martial three people, and of course, none of these three people deserve it. And by it's not just a court-martial; it's it's they're going to be killed at the end of the court-martial. Um, and Kirk Douglas, uh, he was a lawyer or something before the war, and so he's trying his best to defend them um, unsuccessfully. 
it's heart-wrenching. The The last scene is beautiful, and I never can watch it without crying. But um, there's this sob, young, sobbing German girl singing to a bar full of loud, obnoxious French soldiers. Um, and they eventually kind of quiet down, and then they start soberly humming along. And they're bringing themselves to tears, and um, Colonel Dax... Um, Kirk Douglas is standing outside and he gets the order that they're about to go back to the front line and he just stands there and he kind of grits his face and he lets them have their moment um and that's the end of the movie that's so good and it I I feel bad that it's up against the big red I mean I don't feel bad because I don't really like the big red one that much so paths of glory uh bonjour mes amis present glory yesy yeah, this was uh, one of those ones that I um, had heard of, certainly uh, before before this fight, but I, I saw it uh, for this fight. And Paths of Glory is just, it's, it's amazing because of the, the control that uh, Kubrick has. I mean, really, it, it, Douglas's character is, it's not that he decides not to advance. It's just sort of the, the attack falls apart and he doesn't uh, have the, 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 um, you know, the ambition, quite frankly, to say to, you know, his last company, well, I don't care if you're all getting slaughtered and our own men are firing on you. Keep going. He, he has to make that uh, decision and, and, and it ends so ambiguously. There are like, 13 reasons this movie could never be made today. And I'm so glad that, uh, you know, Kubrick made it uh, when he did. And that's nothing against the big red one, but that is just a good war movie. It's certainly not the best. So paths of glory. Uh, Vote for paths of glory. Chris. These are both um, movies that are, muddled around in my head somewhere. I do remember watching both of them. Um, I think I pass of glory is, is better in my head. I do remember it being a lot better. It's, it's a, it's a very well made film from Kubrick, which is a surprise because he makes every film very, very well. Um, but I'm going to find it very hard to vote for a Frenchie. So the big red one. I'll vote for the big red one. Pete. Um, yeah, I have to say, uh, unfortunately, this is another one where I'm not familiar with uh, Paths of Glory by uh, Kubrick. Um, but I have seen the big red one, so I got to give it to the big red one. Lee Marvin, Mark Hamill. Yeah. Another vote for the big red one. It is all tied up. It comes down to you, Mike. Which one is moving on? Uh, this this is really kind of kind of strange. Once again, it's a... Uh... You know the one that we that probably should move on versus the one that's a little bit more of a personal favorite, uh, and I'm going to vote for the big red one uh, because it's actually the first war movie I ever saw in a theater. Uh, vote for the big red one, and the big red one is moving on. Yussi, this one is yours. It is Letters from Iwo Jima versus Grave of the Fireflies. To knock, uh, I can't say it. Uh, 1988. Ooh, is that mine? Yeah, yes. Okay, well, this is another great matchup uh, from the randomizer because you've got these two um, two visions of you know the the waning days of World War II and what it means for the Japanese. In one case, the uh, soldiers, 
in another case, the civilians. And it's, it's really tough to, to choose between them because they, you know, they, they take very different uh, approaches. Grave of the Fireflies is using animation, which is usually, you know, used for lighter fare. And it's dealing with the heaviest uh, subjects possible. And, you know, Letters from Iwo Jima is, is more of a straightforward one. But at the same time, it's, you know, doing the sort of things, as I think we mentioned before we started recording, that, that you don't usually do in a Hollywood movie. You know, the question would be, well, you know, where are the people who are speaking English? Where are the Americans? Where are the people we can uh, uh, identify with? And I think, although they're both very, very good, I'd have to give the edge to Letters from Iwo Jima because it, it succeeds in, in, in humanizing the people who are actually fighting. And in, in Grave of the Fireflies, it's like, okay, I'm already on the side of these kids. They don't need to go through another horrible experience for me to care about them. And Letters from Iwo Jima, you actually care about these fighters whom we we're, you know, fighting against. So that's got my vote. A uh, vote for Letters from Iwo Jima. Uh, Chris? I haven't managed to watch either of these, so I will uh, tie it up. Why not? Pete? Um, yeah, unfortunately, this is one in which I am unfamiliar with, uh, with both. Uh, however, um, Clint Eastwood kicks ass, so I'll give it to Letters of Iwo Jima. A vote for the true story that is Letters of Iwo Jima. Mike? I will also vote for Letters from Iwo Jima. Christy? And I will vote for Takahata's Grave of the Fireflies and not have to say anything since it's not moving on. Letters from Iwo Jima is moving on. We're on to our next fight. Chris, this one is yours. It is Starship Troopers. That has Geek Fight's very own Jerry Formby. He's in there for like two seconds. Versus Platoon. This is surprisingly hard because Starship Troopers is fun. From the very first frame to the very last frame, it's fun. But Platoon is is it, it kind of divides opinion because it it, either you think it's a very good war movie or you think that it's Wall Street in the jungle, which is pretty much the same thing. But there's, there's, some, there's some very nice nuance in Platoon, uh, some, some great um, harrowing moments. You kind of feel for what um, Charlie Sheen's going through. He's, he's a very good person to follow throughout his journey in, in the war. Um, so I'll go with Platoon. A uh, vote for Platoon. Pete? Um, okay, well, I did like the uh, the propaganda-style uh, commercials in Starship Troopers and the shower scene. I think those were the only two good things about that movie. Uh, so I will go with Platoon. Mike? I will also vote for Platoon. Um I like Starship Troopers. It was fun. I'm not a big fan of Paul Verhoeven. Uh, I'm not a big fan of, of Oliver Stone anymore, but uh, certainly when he was on, I, I do think he was a, a great director. Um, so I will vote for Platoon. Uh, vote for Platoon. 
Uh, Christy. I am voting for Willem Dafoe. Uh, another vote for Platoon. Uh, Yossi, is it a clean sweep? Well, if we were going to put a Paul Verhoeven movie on, it should have been Black Book. So it's Platoon. And I will be voting for Starship Troopers because fuck all of you people. Uh, Starship Troopers is amazing. Uh, everybody looks at the fucking surface of the movie and nobody actually digs just a half an inch deeper and, and realizing, oh wait, this is, this is actually a much deeper film than anybody actually ever gives it credit for. Like, all white actors, but they're all from uh, South America. People don't notice that shit, but... Yeah, yeah. And giant bugs that shoot energy out of their ass. Yeah. That's, that's better. And all the fascism. That's, that's really fun, too. Uh, but uh, Platoon, moving on, on to our next fight. Pete, this one is yours. It is Kelly's Heroes versus Europa Europa. Um, okay, this one's uh, re- actually really easy for me because uh, Kelly's Heroes is another one of my uh, absolute favorite movies. Uh, pseudo-comedy uh, about uh, trying to steal gold during, uh, during the war. Uh, with uh, um, Donald Sutherland, um, and uh, I got to give it to Kelly's Heroes. Mike, yeah, I, I will agree with uh, Pete. Um, Kelly's Heroes is uh, it, it's a lot of fun. Sometimes war is fun. Remember, uh, it's uh, it's a caper movie uh, during a war. That's kind of cool. I like Donald Sutherland. So uh, Kelly's Heroes. Christy. Personally, I think there's been too much Donald Sutherland in the brackets. So I have not seen Europa Europa, but it reminded me of a movie that I should have put on the list. The two of us, that Claude Berry movie with Michelle Simone. Um, it's all about for Europa Europa. I like how you said that, like, we should all know that movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and all of us were like, huh? Uh, well, most of us. Uh, Yessie. Well, before we were wondering why uh, Schindler's List uh, isn't here, I think Europa Europa is the superior uh, Holocaust movie. And that's because it's not just a Holocaust movie, which is almost a genre in its own right. It's about this kid, this Polish kid, who uh, Jewish kid, who, who gets swept up in World War II. And basically to survive... First, he's in the Red Army, uh, then he's in Hitler Youth and in the Wehrmacht, uh, based on a true story. And basically, it's, it's really about this idea of, you know, what does it mean, you know, to be in a world at war versus the survival of one person? Because basically, his, you know, he's 15, 16, 17, 18, he's just trying to survive. And you might say, what? A Jew in Hitler's army? or even a Jew in Stalin's army. But the, the point is, it's that personal instinct for survival. And, you know, he, he can't bring himself, you know, he's not working in a concentration camp or anything like that. But guess what? He does meet up with his brother, who has, who has been liberated, and is basically able to save his life and say, no, 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 he, he, he's a Jew. He's not, you know, part of... Uh, you know, a, a, a true believer in in the, in the Hitler Youth, and it's just an amazing story. I, I hope people will check it out. It's got my vote, Europa Europa. It is all tied up. 
And it comes down to you there, Chris. Which one takes the win? I'm, I'm taking on board what Yossi just said about Europa, Europa. I haven't seen it yet. It makes it very gif- difficult to vote for it, especially when it's up against Kelly's Heroes, which, as Mike and Pete pointed out, is a fun romp. Um, it's one of those all-star cast war movies that, that I think needs to be, to be on this list. So I will vote for Kelly's Heroes. Uh, vote for Kelly's Heroes. And Kelly's Heroes is moving on. We're at the last fight of the first round. Mike, this one is yours. It is Downfall versus, well, Mr. Chris Mitchell's unknown pick. At first, it was The Thin Red Line, which is a movie that I walked out of the theater. I was so annoyed by that movie. I couldn't stand it. But luckily, uh, uh, Bert, the Bert talked him into changing it, uh, Lizzie there, into Enemy at the Gates, uh, which I I prefer more. But uh, Downfall versus Enemy at the Gates. Mike? Uh, I have not seen Downfall. But I have seen lots and lots of Hitler reacts to videos on YouTube, uh, and that's where uh, the the movie where that came from. So I'm hoping that somebody does Hitler reacts to the end of Geek Fights, and if Downfall fails here, that someone will do Hitler reacts to Downfall being eliminated in round one of Geek Fights. So Downfall. A vote for Downfall, Christy. Um, I don't think that I've seen Enemy at the Gates. I'm looking at the IMDb and Wikipedia entries right now. Um, it doesn't look like something that I would pick up. It's from 2001. It's just not an era that I enjoy the look of film. Um, apparently, uh, everyone else probably knows what this is about. So I guess it's about the battle for Stalingrad. Uh, yep. Okay. But, uh, and I haven't seen Downfall, but I thought the premise was interesting and, um, and it's on Netflix so I can watch it. So I'll vote for Downfall. Yussie? Well, I, I usually tend to vote against uh, the unknown. And when I saw it, you know, downfall was going up against an unknown. I'm like, okay, you know, downfall is, you know, universally regarded as one of these war movies that sort of rises above the genre and, you know, makes you think about things you've never thought about before. But enemy at the gates, look at that cast, you know, Jude Law and, uh, Joe Fines and, and and Rachel Weiss and Ed Harris, it's it's amazing. Uh, but also in terms of the story, because we were so used to, we all grew up. You know, the Soviets were the bad guys. They were, you know, the the people who were bent on uh, uh, taking over the world. They were the evil empire. And here, you're rooting for the Red Army, and that is, you know, what a great movie can can make you do. Enemy at the Gates. Uh, vote for Enemy at the Gates. Chris? I, I've, I've seen Downfall, and it is, it is an absolute barnstormer of a movie. It is absolutely thoroughly gripping in, in watching the, the downfall of, the, of the, uh, the, the German command structure as, uh, as Berlin is attacked. But Enemy at the Gates, 
like Yossi said, that the, the cast is is incredible. It really is, and some of the performances in it are really good. It's the first time I saw Jude Law as anything other than the foppish, cute English guy that everybody falls in love with, and he's really good in it. You're you're bobbing along in the movie, and then Bob Hoskins turns up as Khrushchev, and he's absolutely unbelievably brilliant in playing that role. It's a true story about um, one man in Soviet Russia who is doing his best to keep the Nazis at bay. And it is a really, really wonderful movie. And I, if The Thin Red Line had gone on the air, I probably would have voted for Downfall because I tried to watch The Thin Red Line yesterday. And one of the reasons that I changed it is I couldn't actually get through it. I remember it being a lot better than it was. But because of this matchup, I will go Enemy at the Gates. It's horrible. I can't oh, stand I, it. The, the first, no. time I saw, first time I saw it, it was the best war movie I've ever seen. I sat down to try and watch it yesterday, and it's just, oh, God. How long has it got to go? Oh, God, three hours? Oh, God. Yeah. I stayed an hour and a half in. But it's all tied up. It comes down to you, Pete. Which one is moving into the next round? Oh, man. All tied up to me again? Um uh, unfortunately, I've not seen either of these, so I have to go to my handy randomizer. Heads, it is Enemy at the Gates. And Enemy at the Gates is moving on into the next round. Uh, we'll be back after these quick breaks and people's going to pee and stuff like that. Junk. Vagina. Vagina. Pearl Harbor. Pearl Harbor. A year has passed and we do honor to our beloved dead who fell before the sneak Jap. We remember. Each of us gathered here today, safely sheltered. We remember. We remember the graves far away. Nurses, soldiers, children of Pearl Harbor. Stabbed in the back. But remembering is not enough. Hating is not enough. Sacrifices. Yes, no matter what. And what do they ask of us, the heroes we mourn? What do they ask of us, our marching sons across the seas? To stand shoulder to shoulder with them. Here at home to do the job of forging the guns of vengeance. They're marching now. The rhythm of our marching boys thrills the world. Avenge December the 7th. On to victory. Everyone in this theater can know the personal pride and joy of taking part too. Sure, you've bought bonds and stamps. But when you buy this week, mark in your memory their bonds of vengeance. When you leave this theater, stop and remember that cruel morning just a year ago. Each day this week in motion picture theaters throughout the land, Americans are remembering with vengeance in their hearts. Tears, too. Why not? Bonds are our weapons. Stop on the way out. You want to say what's in your heart? Say it with bonds. We're here with Terrace Cassidy of Geek Nation Tours. Uh, Terrace, tell us a little something about Geek Nation Tours. So I, I build tours around geeky destinations and and things. So, uh, for instance, we're going to Gen Con in August. Uh, we do Las Vegas uh, Star Trek convention. Uh, we've done San Diego Comic-Con before. Uh, we're doing Emerald City Comic-Con this year. 
and uh, we do miniature wargaming in the, in in the UK. So and Eschenspiel in Germany, we're planning to go to, and even historical stuff like Gettysburg. So we do the, like a whole gambit of of, of geeky stuff. We're even thinking about a, a, a Lego tour, actually. So so all things geeky, we we go to geeky destinations. Excellent. So you just set up the whole uh, the whole like tour package. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, um, like uh, Emerald City is a good example. So, for for instance, we'll uh, we go to explore the area first. Like, we'll go to Golden Age collectibles, and we'll go to the to uh, um, you know Pike Street Market and Boeing and and some uh, Future of Flight uh, uh, um, the History of Flight Museum, and do a whole bunch of stuff around. Of course, the the Experience Music Project and Science Fiction Museum. And then, and then we go to uh, the convention too. So, yeah, we try to explore the area and do some stuff, and yeah, it's a great, awesome time. <laughs> Check out Geek Nation Tours. Let send me an email at headgeekgeeknationtours dot com, and we do all things geeky. And and if there's something that we don't do, let us know. But uh, uh, check us out and, and send us uh, just a note. Tell us what if we're if we're doing anything that you love. Thanks a lot, Terrace. Uh, don't forget, check out Geek Nation Tours at geeknationtours.com. Uh, they've got lots of cool tours going on. Uh, if, you, if you're planning on going to Seattle and other places, they've got cool things to do. The, the Vegas Con, and I think he's trying to work things out with uh, New York Comic Con and C2E2. So uh, if you're planning on doing stuff there, that's what you do. Bitches. Quit talking so much. Or talk a lot. I don't, I don't I'm not going to talk anymore. I think I said all the things I was going to say. I'm uh, going to start giving you one-word answers. Hey, oh, sure. Sure. Uh, there's only one thing that you can give a one-word answer on. You can only do that with MASH. Everything else has more than one words in its fucking title. No, I can give you any oh, word in, the, in, well, in any language that I want to give you. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Okay. I'll Here, do that. And Chris, are you back? No. Okay. <laughs> and we're back doing what we do every single week until October something when we'll never do it again. We're coming at you with Jer Form V trademark geek cred. Uh, let's go to you, Mr. Englishman, Chris Mitchell. What is your geek cred? I talk about things on the interwebs and it's awfully fun. You also have a British accent, which automatically puts you into almost every single... Wait, no. Yep, yep. Every single war movie ever made, period. Indeed. Either as the good guy or the bad guy. Yeah. Either way. Or both. Or both, yeah. (laughs) You're in all Uh, of them. Yes. It's a movie about uh, Germany. Well, let's just give him a British accent. (laughs) (laughs) Ja, von mein Führer. (laughs) Christy, what is your geek cred? Nope. (laughs) <laughs> that is a one-word answer. Uh, Mr. Pete Lucas, what is your geek cred, sir? Oh, wait. Did Pete not come back? Oops. <laughs> I started the show without Pete. Or he's muted. So There, would be, there wouldn't be a tiebreaker if you went without me. Well, maybe. But what is your geek cred? My geek cred? Oh, well, long-time listeners will know I'm a third-generation geek. Um, I learned to read on comic books. I deal in action figures, collectibles, comic books, trading cards, non-sport cards. Um, 
And I have been a geek since I saw Star Wars at the age of 10. Loser. <laughs> and Yussi, uh, what is your geek cred, sir? Well, I have been on Geek Fight as of this one five times. So now I'm a member of the Five Timers Club. And my war movie cred is being in combat under fire. You were in that movie? What? <laughs> Race under fire? No. Oh, wait, no, yeah. I was not in that movie. You've been in combat under fire. Weak, dude. Weak. Just because you've had people shooting at you and you possibly shot back. Whatever. <laughs> no, I was a medic. I didn't shoot back. Okay. That, that works out. Uh, we're jumping back into the fights. Uh, Christy, this one is yours. It is MASH versus Three Kings. Renee Abergenois played the chaplain. I am assuming that is MASH. <laughs> uh, Yussi. I will give a vote to Three Kings. I still think it's pretty, uh, you know, especially since Hurt Locker didn't make it. It's, you know, perhaps the one which is most relevant in terms of, you know, places where the U.S. and Britain are still fighting nowadays. Mr. Mitchell. I, I think I'm going to go with MASH. I think that, uh, that what Christy just said there is very true. There's a very deep cast in MASH. Uh, Tom Skerritt and Robert Duvall are also in it, and and I'd watch a movie with those two in it any day. So I'll go with Mash. Pete, uh, I also will uh, will go with Mash. Mr. Ortiz, I am uh, I am saying now that for the rest of round two, or if I change my mind, I am voting this based on what will give the best outro music, and that would be Mash. Uh, so I can play the "Suicide Is Painless" song. Yeah, but you could you could have totally played like some Ice Cube music from Three Kings. Like today was a good day. Didn't have to shoot my AK. Um, <laughs> Mash is into the next round. We're on to our next fight. Yeah, see, this one is yours. It is Apocalypse Now versus Fires on the Plane. Well, I think I've uh, given Fires on the Plane my support before, but. Now it's time to, you know, play the American card. Although fire, you know, when when you consider fires on the plane, you have to consider that the U.S. lost about as many people in the Philippine War in the early uh, 20th century as it did in the Iraq War. But I just think Apocalypse Now rises above and it has that resonance because, you know, what can I do? I'm still an American. A vote for Apocalypse Now. Chris! You're neither. You're an errand boy sent by grocery clerks to collect a bill. Uh, Apocalypse Now gets another vote. Pete? Um, yeah, I'm going to uh, also have to say uh, Apocalypse Now. Mike? Apocalypse Now gives me either The End by the Doors or uh, The Ride of the Valkyrie. So apocalypse now. Um, Christy, is it a clean sweep? Hmm. Um, no. Um, I was gonna give you one more answers, but let me just say, these two movies I feel like 
are in essence they 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 do a lot of the same things and um if fires on the plane had to leave i'm glad it didn't leave when it was up against um warhorse or sorry i haven't seen it so whatever but i'm glad it's going up against you know uh something that is uh similar in scope and uh message and um i yeah I'm going to vote for Fires on the Plane. War Horse had an animatronic horse. Oh. It's also based on a play, and I hate plays. Plays are fun. I'm Apocalypse Now is moving on. On to our next fight. Chris, this one is yours. It is a Great Escape versus Master and Commander, which uh, the the great Jarrett Formby pointed out that uh, there's a lot of similarities between Kirk and uh, Dr. McCoy's relationship in Master Commander. So uh, go ahead, Chris. This is really, really tough because I, I love, well, I like both of these movies. I don't know if I love both of these movies. I, I find them both watchable um, at any time. I, I think I'm going to have to go with, with, with Master and Commander. I, th- I think it, 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 uh, it sets out to do more and, and achieves more. And there is, there is a good Captain-Doctor relationship going on there. So, yeah, Master and Commander. Uh, vote for Master and Commander Pete. Um, yeah, uh, this is it's Master and Commander versus Great Escape. Yep. Uh, yeah, no contest. I will go with the Great Escape because one of my favorite movies. Cannot uh, cannot dispute that. America, Mike. Uh, this is tough because I don't know the music of either of them, so I don't know which would be a better outro music. Mike, yeah, do 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 do. That's Great Escape. All right, Great Escape. Vote for the Great Escape, Christy. Great Escape. Yes, Well, Master and Commander, it's. It's not just a, a Kirk McCoy relationship. He's really a Spock character as well. He, he is, Paul Bettany plays the ship's doctor, but he's also a scientist. He's in the midst of this war trying to gather uh, data, and this is, I guess, 20 years before Darwin, somewhere around there. And I, you know, I love it. I hope people who haven't checked it out will check it out, but I think it's going down. I'm still voting Master and Commander. All slobbery on the knob. It did go down. The Great Escape is moving on. We're on to our next fight. Pete, this one is yours. It is El Cid versus Bridge Over the River Kwai. Oh, the other movie was uh, Kingdom of Heaven. That was the other movie I was going to mention like an hour ago. (laughs) But uh, Bridge Over the River Kwai. Go ahead, Pete. Well, uh, again, no contest for me. Uh, I, I I really enjoy Bridge on the River Kwai, uh, uh, and I have I think that was the first war movie I ever saw. So uh, Bridge on the River Kwai, Mike. Uh, yeah, Bridge on the w- River Kwai. Uh, I actually uh, I really dig the uh, the song. I can't whistle it. I don't whistle very well, but uh, maybe I'll put it in in post right here. I left a gap so you can put the whistling there. You saw that? That's pretty awesome. Um, Christy. Charles Lawton was originally being considered to play Alec Guinness's role. 
Another vote for Bridge on the River Kwai. Uh, Yessie. Well, you know, if it had been Kingdom of Heaven, we could have actually had a movie set in Jerusalem, as I am. But we've got El Cid, and I, you know, give it credit for having all the virtues of an old Hollywood epic, but it also has, excuse me, all of the deficiencies of that. And that's ultimately what makes uh, Bridge on the River Kwai a better movie. Bridge on the River Kwai gets another vote. Chris, is it a clean sweep? Why not? Because you're an atheist. I don't know what you are. I was just making shit up. Bridge on the River Kwai is moving on. On to our next fight. Mike, this one is yours. It is Rescue Dawn versus Full Metal Jacket. Hmm. I don't remember the music of Rescue Dawn. Uh, Full Metal Jacket uh, actually does have a lot of of a good period music, though none of it's really iconic to the movie. Uh, I'll still go with Full Metal Jacket. Full Metal Jacket gets a vote. Christy? I'm struggling to find like the soundtrack from Rescue Dawn right now. So, continue. Continue with what? I don't know what you voted for. Rescue hey, Dawn? Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Uh, Yessie? I'm going to go with uh, Rescue Dawn as well. Christopher! I, I do like Rescue Dawn, but there's there's something about Full Metal Jacket that, that kind of, for me, elevates it above above most other war movies. Um, there's something about the attitude behind it that, that just, just gives it that little bit more. So I'll vote for Full Metal Jacket. It is all tied up. It comes down to you, Pete. Which one is moving on? Ah, wow. Um, uh, not a huge, uh, not a real big, um, Kubrick Ward movie fan, but I, I do have to give it to, uh, Full Metal Jacket. Full Metal Jacket into the next round. On to our next fight. Christy, this one is yours. It is to be or not to be the big red one. No, versus the big red one. Well, I'm I'm definitely voting to be or not to be. Um, if it doesn't make it through, for those of you who have not seen it, please see it. It's hilarious. It really is. It's um, Lubitsch is famous for his um, comedy of manners and his elegance and his sophistication. Um, and it's just it's a very witty. Um, the comedic timing and is perfect. It's it's just it's so funny and the play in the movie that they are doing um is about hitler so there's lots of heil hitler jokes so if you like to say heil hitler you'll love this movie uh <laughs> what if you like to say Heil hitler for the wrong reason <laughs> what's the wrong reason uh, heil hitler. because you agreed with hitler uh yesi to those who follow my twitter feed um in hebrew Nazi and Nacho are spelled very similarly, and I made a jalapeno joke. So I'm going to go with to be or not to be. That is the question. Uh, Chris? I'm going to go with to be or not to be as well. Uh, I didn't enjoy it as much as I could have done, probably, but it is, it is such a brave movie for the time, and I think it deserves to, to go through. 
Mr. Lucas? Um, I actually uh, quite agree with Christy, and I think if you have not seen this movie, you should see it. Um, there are some scenes that, even to this day, and I've seen it a few times, it still just crack me up. Um, so I am going with to be or not to be. Is it a clean sweep, Mike? Uh, since I can't think of anything as far as the music from either of these, uh, sure, why not? Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. On to our next fight. Yes, see, this one is yours. It is Letters from Iwo Jima versus Platoon. Well, here's where that principle I mentioned before is going to come into play. The idea of a personal movie. We've talked about Oliver Stone and how he's changed over the years. Platoon was the first story he ever wanted to tell because it was his story. He is the Charlie Sheen character in that movie. And I think that's what makes it so powerful, you know, because we try not to be too political on geek fights, but when you're talking about war movies, it's inherently political. But somehow... You know, Stone, in this case, he manages to rise above it because he's just telling his story, what it was like to come into this place where all the laws of morality and justice just didn't apply anymore. And that's why I got to vote for Platoon. A vote for Platoon. Chris? Exactly what Yossi just said. Pete? Uh... I uh, triple that. Mike? Uh, I can actually recall the uh, the music from some key scenes in Platoon. So, Platoon. And Christy? It's called Adagio for Strings. And now everyone uses it too much. So, Platoon? Sure. Four letters from Iwo Jima, which is a movie that you guys should actually see. It's really good. I saw it. I'm just saying. Uh, foreign language doesn't get enough love from what? America. Americans actually refuse to see foreign language. It's actually much what? better now. What about them martial arts movies? <laughs> They're in English, too. <laughs> Most of them are in English. Uh, just because they have people who don't look like white people doesn't mean they, they automatically speak in a foreign language. So, uh, fuck you guys, because I don't think we've said fuck enough in the episode. Uh, platoon is moving on. We're on to our next fight. Chris, this one is yours. It is Kelly's Heroes versus Enemies at the Gate. I, I like Kelly's Heroes, but I, I think I think Enemy at the Gate will get my vote this time because I I, I do remember it just being a, a movie that, that was surprisingly good rather than, than being uh, classically good, if you know what I mean. I mean, Kelly's Heroes is a classic, but Enemy at the Gate surprised me. Um, so I'll go with that. Enemy at the gate gets a vote. It's a trap. Oh, <laughs> I thought you were going to be Bane. Oh, take control of your city. Uh, Pete. Um, yeah, I have to give it to. Uh, I'm going to go with classically good and give it to uh, Kelly's Heroes. Um, I just really enjoy that one. A vote for Kelly's Heroes. Mike. You know, I didn't really think this outro music thing out too well because there's really not a lot on here that have <laughs> recognizable outro music. I should have looked farther down the list. 
Um, if Downfall was on here, I would just play the music from that scene. Uh, I will play Kelly's Heroes because if it wins, I'll play some Kelly Clarkston. Uh, dear God, please vote against it, Christy. I will vote for Enemy at the Gates. It is all tied up. It comes down to you there, Yossi. Which one takes the win? Well, I, I think we've got 1970 movies uh, really well represented already. And Enemy at the Gates is, uh, you know, it, it deserves, it has that power to, uh, to be what's a fun movie. So Enemy at the Gates. Enemy of the Gates is into the next round. We are on to our next fight. It's for a spot in the final four. And uh, pretty much from here on out, they're all doozies. Uh, Pete, this one is yours. It is MASH versus Apocalypse Now. Oh, wow. Um, That is a doozy. Um, Uh, I think I, uh, I have to go with, uh, I'm, I'm going to keep riding mash. A vote for mash Mike. Uh, like I said before, uh, apocalypse now is pretty much my, my vote all the way to the end. Um, it is, uh, not just a great war movie. It's a great movie. I mean, it's based on hearts of darkness or heart of darkness, which is not a, a war, uh, story per se, which is, kind of lifted from Dante's Inferno, but somehow they take this, this storyline and, and graft it onto uh, the Vietnam war, even though it really could be about any war. Um, I think it's one of the best movies ever made. I think it is, uh, it is uh, Coppola's best movie. Um, just the Brando stuff alone is, is just kind of mind boggling. Uh, and the, the documentary about it uh, for me has now become sort of in, inseparable. The hearts of darkness documentary about the making of the movie and, and how it was it was kind of a war unto itself uh the filmmakers almost at war against themselves uh it's it's my favorite war movie so apocalypse now christy i um do love robert altman and elliot gould mash is not my favorite for either of them um i'm not a giant coppola fan um Apocalypse Now isn't my favorite Coppola movie, um, but I will vote for it and talk about it in the next round. Yussie. I look at MASH and see something which gave birth to one of the greatest TV series ever, uh, and I see Apocalypse Now as a movie which destroyed its director, its star, a, a lot of people. And that's a lot like war. So Apocalypse Now. A vote for Apocalypse Now. Pete. Oh, wow. Um, wait, didn't you already get me? Oh, you are absolutely right. Sorry, Chris. Charlie, don't surf. Apocalypse Now. <laughs> I think. You guys are quoting movies and I've only... Oh, yeah, that's been... Apocalypse Now. Uh, 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 that's from when they... I knew a guy that wanted to make a shirt 
uh, that had a Viet Cong with uh, kind of the pointy hat on a surfboard with a big slash through it. And it just, Charlie, don't uh. <laughs> which, which seems really offensive. Apocalypse Now is in the final four. We are on to our next fight. Mike, this one is yours. It is The Great Escape versus Bridge Over the River Kwai. I will, uh, I will go with the Bridge Over the River Kwai. Christy. Yeah, this is a fun movie, and The Great Escape is fun. It's like the first half is um, like a comedic romp, and then the last half is adventure. Um, but Bridge on the River Kwai is classic, and it's actually a beautiful film, and it's captivating. And, you know, both of these are based on true stories, as most of the things are on this list, so I guess I can't say that. But um, definitely uh, The Bridge on the River Kwai. Yesy. Well, they're both based on true stories, but the thing is with The Great Escape that most of the characters that we meet uh, and, you know, see as Americans are actually Canadians. So, you know, they clearly changed that. And it already has a great key on my keyboard. So I'm going to go with Bridge on the River Kwai. I'll vote for the bridge. Chris. I'm going to go with The Great Escape. I enjoy that movie, that movie more. It's got more moments that that I find enjoyable in it. So, Great Escape. Plus, you still like Canadians. They're they're still under British rule somewhat. Who doesn't like Canadians? Uh, Canadians? Oh, they're pretty awesome. Um, Pete? (sighs) Wow. This this is a tough one for me. Um, I, I love both these movies. Um, Let's see, I can go with The Great Escape and tie it up, or I can go with Bridge on the River Kwai and give it the win. There's no tie. You're the There's last no t- vote. Bridge has I- already won. Oh, has it? Yeah, unless unless you make some kind of crazy plea for Great Escape and change somebody's vote. Um, aside from my, the fact that I think that the story uh, was just so, so heroic, um, it, it's just such a, such a great... Um, story about overcoming. Uh, I gotta go with the Great Escape. A uh, vote for the Great Escape. But the bridge over the River Kwai is into the final four. We're on to our next fight, Christy. This one is yours. It is Full Metal Jacket versus To Be or Not to Be. Um, while a lot of people like Full Metal Jacket, there are a lot of people who only like half of the Full Metal Jacket. And there are no more comedies left on this on the brackets, so you all should vote for to be or not to be. Uh, half a full metal jacket is a comedy. <laughs> yeah, see, yeah, I, I think Christie's swayed me. Uh, I, I don't see any other comedies left here, so let's go with to be or not to be. I will say it again: half a full metal jacket is a comedy, depending on how sick you are. Um. Chris, I, I I still think that Full Metal Jacket is is a is a stand up movie. Um, it is it is definitely split in half. Um, I think that that works in its favor in some way because you might like one half and might not like the other, but you can still watch the whole movie. So Full Metal Jacket, Pete. 
Full Metal Jacket is a good movie, but there's a lot of movies I can't rewatch over and over. Um, that is one of them. Uh, to be or not to be, I would put on right now. So I will have to say to be or not to be. Mike? Uh, I will vote for two, or, uh, Full Metal Jacket. Uh, I don't. I like both halves of the movie. I don't necessarily think it's two halves. I I think it uh, for me it functions as, as a whole movie pretty well. Uh, tone may shift, but tone shifts in a lot of movies. Um, war is many things, so a war movie can be many things. Uh, although usually war is not funny, so maybe that's why uh, comedies have been eliminated. Um, but uh, I vote for Full Metal Jacket. But to be or not to be is in the finals. We're on to our next fight. Yussi, this one is yours. It's for the last spot in the final four. It is Platoon versus Enemies at the Gate. Or Enemy at the Gates. Hmm. Whatever. Wow. This is um, this is a tough one. But I guess I guess I got to give it to uh, Platoon because it has you know, it has that 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 aspect of it, which is the personal story, the insanity, and you know, we we really need on this side of the bracket to have both uh, World War II and Vietnam because those are the two which have so shaped our our concept of what war means. So, platoon. A vote for platoon, Chris. I agree with that to to some extent. I think that Platoon, being a personal experience movie, is um, it, it it works very well, and and you you can engage with the character and stuff like that. But I st- I still think there's something something about Enemy at the Gates um, being that that it's a, a the true story of a of a Soviet hero. Um, you don't get to see many of those in in mainstream movies, so I'll, I'll stick with the Enemy at the Gates. A uh, vote for Enemy at the Gates, Pete. Um, well, Platoon was made uh, what almost thirty years ago, and Enemies at the Gate is a much more recent movie. Uh, I don't know that uh, fifteen to twenty years from now, if we'll be still, if anybody, buddy, will even know what Enemies at the Gate is. But I think Platoon would probably still be around, so I have to go with Platoon. A vote for Platoon. Mike. You know, uh, I'm, I'm actually not a big fan of Platoon. Um, it's, uh, I think Oliver Stone really kind of, you know, connected as a filmmaker after that movie. It's, uh, it's got a lot of energy. It's got a lot of uh, passion. And clearly it's a story that, that he is so personally immersed in. Um, but I, it, it didn't really connect with me a lot. But uh, I'm I'm still going to vote for it because I think in many ways it, it is a more important movie. Uh, and for me, it, it was the first movie that I can recall that really sort of changed the way this country looked at Vietnam and, and entertainment. Uh, most Vietnam movies prior to this were, were definitely very critical of the politics of the movie. Uh, and Platoon, um, even though Stone is very... Uh, critical of it he doesn't make that really the focus of this and he re- it almost seems like he's trying to make a vietnam war movie that while still is saying war is hell is very much like a classic hollywood war movie about say world war ii 
which is still kind of about the heroism and kind of showing these guys, which in his case meant him, uh, are still soldiers and heroes and really present the, the movie in it kind of in a different context politically. And I think that that certainly ties in with, you know, the, it, enough time had passed in this country. So Vietnam was now strangely a more acceptable war, or at least, you know, that's when you get a lot of the movement towards uh, not blaming or, or treating the, uh, the soldiers a lot differently. And a lot of that is tied in with the, the kind of the growing conservatism in, in our country at that time, which is certainly something Stone wouldn't want to, to feed. But because it was a movie that really, changed the game in terms of how Vietnam is talked about cinematically. I think it's very, very important and we would get a lot of other stuff after that. Uh, so I think in terms of war movies, uh, it's just, uh, it's, it's had a greater impact. Uh, vote for platoon and Christy. Also in platoon, um, they smoke weed out of M16s. A platoon is in the final four. We've got World War II versus Vietnam and World War II versus Vietnam. <laughs> uh, Chris, this fight is yours. It is Apocalypse Now versus Over the uh, Bridge on the River Kwai. Sorry. You're in the asshole of the world, Captain. Pretty sure they didn't say that in Bridge on the River Kwai. A vote for Apocalypse Now. Uh, Pete. Um. <clears throat> Yeah, I still have to go with uh, Bridge on the River Kwai. Uh, I just enjoyed it so much better. Mr. Ortiz. Uh, these are two masterful movies uh, with great casts by great directors. Um, but ultimately, one really portrays the hell of war, um, I think, much more powerfully uh, and, uh, and and surrealistically. And... Uh, it's it's just got a lot more more impact uh for me and uh as chris has pointed out it is an infinitely quotable movie so apocalypse now uh vote for apocalypse now christy oh i think that the bridge on the river kwai is a better movie but I am very much into surrealism and the depths of human psychology. And I appreciate what Apocalypse Now is about. Not just Vietnam, but truly a search for the heart of darkness. Like, um, Perfect, perfect for for a Vietnam movie, and it's ultimately successful. There, it has problems. I think Bridge on the River Kwai is a more seamless film, um, but I think Apocalypse Now encapsulates and does more for the audience than Bridge does. So, Apocalypse Now. Uh, vote for Apocalypse Now and Yussi. This is very difficult, but I I think I, I have to disagree with Christy about this. I ultimately am drawn in more by the realism of Bridge on the River Kwai. And, you know, that is ultimately in war what is so confounding that it's mundane 
It's about this place and this assignment and this mission and whether you're going to carry it out or not. And so Bridge on the River Kwai gets my vote. Uh, vote for Bridge on the River Kwai. But can I say something really quick? Sure. Um, Obi-Wan Kenobi beats Jor-El in a fight any, t- any day of the week. Apocalypse Now <laughs> is into the final. Uh, Pete, this one is yours. Not if Jor-El's under a yellow sun. Uh, to be or not to be versus Platoon. Pete, that's yours. Or two yellow suns on Tatooine. <laughs> I still think uh, Obi-Wan would take it. Um, Wow. To be or not to be versus Platoon? (sighs) That's a tough one. Um, But then you got two Vietnam movies going up against each other, and I I don't really want to see that. So I'm I'm still going to go with to be or not to be, even though I think Platoon was the better movie. Um... Just because we got to keep it fighting till the end. A vote for to be or not to be. Mike. This is really tough uh, in that uh, this is really framing the last round. Um, I have not seen to be or not to be. Um, so uh, so on, on that sense, uh, it, would, it would be platoon. Um, but do we want to have Vietnam versus Vietnam in the final round? When we could have Vietnam versus World War II kind of a st- uh, a bizarre surrealistic comedy verse or drama versus a comedy. Um, and, and that actually seems more interesting, but uh, you know, I, I think I'm still going to vote for platoon because putting the Vietnam versus Vietnam in the final round, uh, there are two vastly different looks at the same war one from a personal perspective one from another perspective so really that's really my framework for what for what this is is what do we build as a, as a final round uh so i'm gonna go for platoon a vote for platoon christy okay we have talked about um how controversial um to be or not to be was when it came out in 1942 as the u.s has joined the war let me read for you some dialogue from this film And this is one of the actors disguised as um, a German professor uh, speaking to Carol Lombard. Um, Her husband is great, great Polish actor, Joseph Tura. You probably heard of him. And then the colonel says, oh, yes, as a matter of fact, I saw him on stage when I was in Warsaw once before the war. And then uh, the first guy says, really? And then the colonel says, what he did to Shakespeare, we are now doing to Poland. Holy shit, right? Okay, here's one more, and then I'll be quiet. Um, let's see. Well, okay. Um, the real guy that this that Jack Benny was impersonating, this is him speaking to Jack Benny. This is so confusing, right? Okay, well, anyway. May I say, uh, my dear colonel, that it's good to breathe the air in the Gestapo again. You know, you're quite famous in London, colonel. They call you Concentration Camp Erdhardt. And then he says, ha yes, yes. When we do the concentrating, the Poles do the camping. Okay, it's funny, and it's, like, super bold and crazy that this was made at the time it was now. Platoon was made in 86. 
And yes, it, it is heavily based on Oliver Stone's um, personal experiences, but <sighs> Apocalypse Now is a, is a superior film, and it's already on the other side of the brackets. And I... It's not a superior... Uh, uh, Platoon is not superior to To Be or Not To Be, so... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, vote for To Be or Not To Be. Yesy. <clears throat> well... Geek logic in this particular uh, fight has not been particularly applicable. You know, can you take the Formby corollary and say no World War II without World War I? Can you take the physical fight and have the orphans from Grave of the Fireflies fight anyone else? Not really. But here, I think it's very important to remember never vote against your conscience. And as much as I respect and enjoy to be or not to be. Platoon is that, that more effective and meaningful movie. And it's Sheen versus Sheen. It, it needs to happen. It deserves to happen. Platoon. It is all tied up. It comes down to you there, Chris. Which one is moving on? That's really hard now because Christy had completely swayed me with uh, some of the dialogue, making me think that I probably hadn't watched To Be or Not To Be as carefully as I should have done because I I don't remember listening to those lines. And they are really edgy and funny and and not what you'd expect from a movie of the time, uh, especially, you know, in the in the run up to, to World War Two. And, and then I heard Sheen versus Sheen and I'm like, oh, but that would be so awesome to get those two battling against each other. But I, I have, I have to go for to be or not to be, uh, to, to maybe, maybe get it a little bit of exposure. Um, I, I'm going to watch it again. And I, 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 it sounds as if it's the sort of thing that if it gets into the final, maybe, maybe some other people will watch it as well. So to be or not to be, to be or not to be in the final versus apocalypse. Now, Mao, I'm going to start calling you that, Michael Anthony Ortiz. Mao, uh, that one's yours. Well, I mean, I've, I've, I'm very happy to see Apocalypse now going this far. Uh, like I said, it, it is my favorite, and I think I've said uh, my piece about it several times. Uh, I've not seen To Be or Not to Be. Um, maybe I should. If it, uh, this is one of the few times where something's made it all the way to the finals, and I, and I'm really completely unfamiliar with it. Uh, I think I may have seen the Mel Brooks one, but I know I didn't see the original. Um, Apocalypse Now is, uh, is one of my favorite movies. And, uh, you know, I think if we're going to pick a, something to represent the best war movie, it is much more this than a Jack Benny comedy. Um, it's about Vietnam, but it's about every war and it's about every conflict. Um, and, uh, they hack up a cow and they, they didn't have an ending. I mean, it just such the whole thing is just this, this massive chaos that should never even have been, uh, anything even remotely, uh, sensible. And yet it turns out to be this masterpiece. Um, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Apocalypse now. Christy. Um, apocalypse now is not one of my favorite movies of all time, but I do think that Mike and I have different tastes. Uh, so that's not really a good reason to vote for one or the other. 
Um, so everyone's aware, To Be or Not To Be is going to be on Blu-ray soon um, at the end of August, so you'll be able to catch it looking super crisp and awesome. Um, but in this particular case, my... Um, I really like, I do like disturbing things and I do appreciate the craziness of Apocalypse Now. Like, it's not, um, war isn't a clean, uh, clean cut, perfectly worded comedy as To Be or Not To Be is. I've been seeing its praises for a while now and you should see it. But, um, and while I don't, Apocalypse Now isn't even in my top 100 movies, the the feel the the mood of the movie is so much more akin to my own art that i make and the my, the dreams that i have that um it's it's more close to my heart in 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 a in a more real way and not in an intellectual way so i will be voting for apocalypse now uh vote for apocalypse now yesy Well, as we've uh, noted, uh, to be or not to be required a lot of courage to make from uh, Ernst uh, Lubitsch in, in you know, tackling that in, in a very uh, difficult time when, you know, a lot of people felt either you shouldn't talk about these issues at all or you shouldn't make a comedy about them. But Apocalypse Now was so close to Vietnam, uh, chronologically and geographically. And the idea of plunging back into that, it, it just seems like this is for us what's the most relevant aspect. It's not, you know, to be or not to be, as, as brilliant as it is, it's dealing with that, you know, unspeakable evil, the idea of, of, of a dictator and a you know, a racial purist and all sorts of concepts that that, that we rightly look at as uh, unacceptable. And Apocalypse Now is just about what happens when you get into this crazy morass of, you know, different groups fighting against each other, uh, against each other and grudges which have been held for decades and for centuries and for millennia. And that ultimately, I think, is, is the one which proves more relevant as we, you know, deal with these questions again and again and again. My vote is for Apocalypse Now. Chris. The horror. The horror. Pete? Um, yeah, I think it's pretty safe to say what's going on, so I'm still going to toss some love to To Be or Not To Be because uh, I'm just a more optimistic and uh, upbeat person, and uh, I like comedies better than uh, dramas. But Apocalypse Now is the best war movie of all time, except for the fact that we are absolutely wrong. Everybody knows that that Michael Bay great Pearl Harbor is the best war movie of all time. I couldn't even say it with a straight face. Not true. Transformers is the best war movie. No, 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 no. no. Trans- I was waiting for Trans- someone to mention Pearl Harbor. Tra- 
Transformers 2 is the best war movie of yeah, all time. Yeah, Transformers 2 is a war movie. Yeah. Um, I think Transformers 2 is a love story. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening. Does anybody have anything they'd like to plug? Anybody? Bueller? I want to say that my favorite book of all time is Catch-22, and you should read it. Uh, how did that not make it on this list? The movie. Because the movie is not nearly as good as the book. Uh, Pete, anything? Uh, yeah, just uh, as usual, uh, check me out on eBay at Dion's Playground if you're looking for uh, any uh, action figures, comic books, non-sport cards, or the uh, ilk. Dion's Playground, all one word. Yussie? Um, I'm Rabbi Joe in JM on Twitter. I'm blogging for Times of Israel. If, if you read that, um, I'm on Facebook. I'm around. Find me. Talk to me. Taunt me. I'd appreciate it. Thank you. And Mr. Chris Mitchell. You can find me on Twitter at Chris Can't Fly, where I say things that are mostly stupid. Uh, and to be fair, you can fly. You just don't land very softly. I I, I land very hard, depending right. on how high I start from. Right. Actually, uh, at a certain point, there's there, you you can't fall any faster. Anyway, I mean, fl- fly towards the ground any faster. <laughs> yeah, yeah, flying towards the ground is nice. It's good. Uh, thanks for listening. I'd like to thank our friends, which half of them are on the show. Uh, Chris Mitchell, uh, Christy Woke, uh, and and Karen. I almost said her name, but I didn't. But Karen. And of course, Mr. Jarrett Formby for the awesome intros he creates. I wonder what he's going to do for this one. Uh, You can read his stuff at www.heystartrek.net. He's also on the Twitters at super underscore Spock. And of course, we're part of the Popcast Network. Uh, I will eventually not be lazy and actually put our episodes back up on there. Uh, Mike? Uh, we can geek video show, geekfights.net, uh, wiki, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr. Boom. Don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes and the Zoom network. There are no Xbox Live. I'm, wow. I'm going to go do things after this. This is great. Um, uh yeah that's that yeah yeah great review us on itunes uh if you want to be on the show uh you're running out of time hurry up uh you should probably been on the show already actually if you haven't been on by now probably not going to be on i don't know why even we even tell you but if you do no just no. want to get one last one in contact us geekfights at gmail dot gmail.net i know gmail.com we have a geekfights.net also but we never check it um or uh, Facebook or Twitter. Facebook is probably the best place. At least I'll see you there. I don't look at Twitter. It's all it takes to join the... Ow. Ugh. Sorry. Legion of Geeks! Uh, next week's episode, as we all know, is uh, Best of Christopher Walken. And then after that, or Walken versus Walken, after that, I have no idea what we're doing. Uh, we'll figure it out. That's how we're rolling now. Episode by episode. Maybe this will be our last one. You never know. I actually have to send out the best of Christopher Walken thing. Michael will be on next week. It's going to be fun. 
any and all ideas are still welcome because, like I said, there's only a few episodes that we have to do and everything else is up in the air. Uh, until next time. Keep fighting the geek fight. Good night.
Game over, man. Game over. I want everybody to click on the link, but I just put the Skype chat. Mike can't click on me. Yeah. Mike! Oh my god! It's amazing! <laughs> Why would you do that? Because it's hilarious! <laughs> Who knew that something like that even existed? I mean, I guess it makes sense, but... Uh, because I'm sure this is going to make the, uh, outro now. It is an infant circumcision trainer. Oh, God. But it's, it's a white one. It's a white one. That's the it's other a thing. white one. Wait, so wait, is there, it doesn't like... It come in black baby. Well, of course not. That'd be gigantic. It <laughs> <laughs> goes very small. Why? What? I don't know, but I... Oh, my God, right? Oh, we gotta put this link on Facebook. Oh, oh my, my god. god! I'll do it right now. <laughs> oh. if you if you if you click did, on the did list. you read the, rev- the the reviews? The first one that shows up says not he- not realistic enough. I'm <laughs> <laughs> gonna put a link on on um the Facebook page and say leave a review or something. This product Fun for the one of the reviews says there's no screaming. This game represents the next <laughs> evolution <laughs> of surgical <laughs> family fun. Here we go. Here we go. There, there's a there's another link. From the same company. Is that the black one? No. Breast exam simulator? Yeah, you could have your own set of boobies. What? There's loads of crap in there. There's false feet, false legs. I like the circumcision trainer though. In white though. Uh you know. You know, there's there's no uh see I what what makes it why do they say white? Because just because it is that flesh tone. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Who here is circumcised? Uh, I am. I am. Yeah. My sons are. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not circumcised, actually. I <laughs> yeah, you you realized? I'm oh yeah, that's right. they do that. <laughs> they do that to women some places in the world. You just happen to be from Nairobi or wherever they do things like yeah, that. Okay. Are you reading this review? Which review? <laughs> Which one? Oh my god, Hold oh my on. god. NASCO Life Form Unhealthy Foot Care Kit. Have you seen this? Jesus Christ. Check this well, listen, out. listen to this. What the- review are you talking about, Mike? You're talking about the one for the circle? Oh my god. Yeah, yeah on so Amazon. Cool. I literally just got the rest of my the rest the of the body is missing. My younger one. The one good thing I can say about it is there is no face, no pleading eyes to look into as you ignore every <laughs> humane instinct and force your scalpel through the baby's genitals. <laughs> Stu- there, the rest of the body is missing. Students will need to learn to properly force helpless infants into a circumstrate. Wow. Practicing without the very real smell and sight of gushing blood could be distracting once it's time for the real thing. (laughs) (laughs) There's no screaming. Students will learn to block out and ignore the screaming. Helpless pleas from the baby, begging someone to save him. It's vital to learn to block these out. If If you save the baby, we won't get paid. Forget operation. This game represents the next evolution of surgical family fun. <laughs> Makes a perfect so, Christmas gift for that hard to shop for crazy uncle circum circum fetishist. <laughs> circum fetishist. Hey Mike, yeah. did you see did you see the comment over on the side for that one? It says I can't wait to get the female version. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, <laughs> that's Brought back painful memories. Yeah. 
Best torture trainer on the market. <laughs> Mike, the comment under brought back painful memories. I watched in amazement as the severed baby penis tips grew into living, breathing sea monkeys. <laughs> 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 I'm just. I, I, I love the fact that under the uh, infant circumciser trainer, it says customers who viewed this also viewed the uh, beer hour beer can dispenser foam head maker and three busy dogs Bowser beer. <laughs> this is the best Amazon listing ever. <laughs> Vagina. Vagina. <laughs>